speak lies and hypocrisy. They'd have their conscience seared with a hot iron. We live in times where we see a lot of these particular things taking place. If you look over in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, in verse 1, he says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, and blasphemers, and they'd be disobedient to their parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, the Bible says, you should turn away. Our text this morning says, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. The text tells us that this delusion is sent by God. Amen. It's not something that just is dreamed up by men. But God sends this. Amen. It is a strong delusion. Amen. You, you and I must see that in this time that we're living, the time that God has allotted for us to be here, amen, that there is a deal that is going on, a conditioning that has reached its apex in my mind. There are things that in my spirit, where I see that God is propagating a delusional state, a delusional deal that is going on so that men would believe a lie. They would believe that that is unbelievable to believe. Amen. It seems like that it's ludicrous that some things that we are seeing in church and are believed by people, amen? We're living in a time where at any moment the church could be raptured out of here and we as a church people would be gone. But most folks, amen, do not have themselves in a position to be raptured out because they are in a delusional state. They're not in a solid place where God is able to speak to them about the trouble and the difficulties that are all around us that should stir us to the point, Lord, it is so bad that I'm ready for you to get me out of here. I know the truth. You're the truth. I worship you. I serve you. I'm ready, God, for you to get me out. But somehow or another, we're so pleasure-seeking and pleasure-crazed that we are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Amen? The word delusional means having a false 
or an unrealistic belief or an opinion. In psychiatry, it means maintaining a fixed false belief even with confronted or when you're confronted with facts. Usually as a result of some kind of a mental illness causes people to be delusional. Amen. The words in our text says a strong delusion sent by God. And it means in the Greek and from my Strong's concordance objectively fraudulent is what it means in this text. Subjectively a strain from orthodoxy or the word orthodoxy means a, amen doctrine. I don't believe in doctrine anymore. I don't want you to tell me what Bible doctrine is. It doesn't matter. Oh yes it does. Amen. And then there's the other word that they stray away from, which is piety, and that means the quality of being religious or reverent. It means deceit, to deceive, a delusion, error. Amen. Another definition of the word delusional is a fixed false conviction in something that is not real, that is shared by other people. Amen. Some of the medical terms that we can associate to delusion or delusional, one of them is called bipolar disorder. Some of you have heard about that. That's a serious mental illness that is characterized by extreme mood swings. They can include extreme excitement episodes or extreme depressive feelings. There's another word in the medical dictionary about delusional folks that says that they can be diagnosed as having this term of, called psychosis, which is a mental health problem that causes people to perceive or to interpret things differently from those that are around them. This might involve hallucinations or delirium. Then you got schizophrenia. Y'all hang on here with me a little bit, all right? I just want to make sure that we lay the foundation for what we're trying to preach here this morning. Amen. I, I realize that most people probably sitting here this morning don't have any of these. But you may have somebody that you know that has some of it. Amen. And schizophrenia is a mental disorder that is characterized by delusions and hallucinations and disorganized thoughts and speech and behavior that doesn't line up with normal folks. And then there's borderline personality disorder. Amen. It is a mental disorder characterized by instability in mood, in behavior, and in functioning. Moody folks. <laughs> there's another thing to consider as well, amen, and delusion is not always related to underlying conditions such as this, amen, but there's people that abuse themselves, amen, and they may be, uh, you know, just stressed out all the time, and because they're under so much pressure of stress, they become delusional, 
about reality and what reality holds. And then there's others that become alcoholics and, and they just drink all the time. And, and because they drink all the time, uh, they can't see things clearly and they become delusional. I, I had an uncle one time, and amen, I like to, to say this, and because some people talk about people being alcoholics and because they drink a lot, and, but that's not the disease of, of being an alcoholic. And an alcoholic is someone that when they smell alcohol, when they just put that on their lips, and they cannot stop. And, amen. They've got to have it and have it and, and have it. And, and my uncle was that. I'd never seen it before. And, but one time uh, he got on a binge uh, and he almost died. Uh, but he said uh, whenever they tried to take him off uh, of that alcohol, dry him out, uh, he went into what they call the DTs. Uh, he began to see things uh, that were not real. Uh, he began to uh, see stuff uh, come up out of the ground uh, as he hallucinated uh, about coming off uh, of that alcoholic high. Some things, uh, amen, are produced uh, in delusion uh, because people uh, do things uh, to themselves. And then you have the drug addict, right? Takes drugs, sees stuff, amen. And then there's the other part of this of prescribed medications that are abused that put us in a potential delusional world. Amen. So I've used this text here this morning to kind of give you these definitions here today, but I want to show us that the time on this earth is above and beyond medical conditions or self-induced things that can cause delusions to be upon this earth. Amen. This earth is in a place, this church world is in a place of where there's going to be as a state of delusion, delusion of, that people are going to believe a lie. Amen. The, the Bible says that they all might be damned and who believe not and the truth, and, but they had pleasure in unrighteousness. Amen. And there's nothing more loathsome than, than a lie. Amen. God hates lies. And no matter if it's a small lie, a middle class lie, or a great big old lie, God hates lies. Amen. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Satan is the propagator of all such of a lie, such delusions. Not God, but God allows the delusional state, amen, to take a hold of folks so that when it comes to the times like we're living in, they will not believe the truth. And we need to know this morning that truth is important to God. The power of this deceit is that God removes all restraint. Amen. It's not necessary here to suppose that there was any positive influence. Amen. That God had a part in causing this delusion to become upon them and then be engulfed by that. But the force of the language 
is met. As well as the reasoning of our apostle that we've read from here this morning by supposing that God would withdraw every bit of the restraint that there is, and amen, and suffer men simply to show that they do not love the truth. Amen. God proved this in the Old Testament when you read about the Pharaoh. Amen. The Bible says that God hardened his heart. It seems to be unfair when you read a statement like that, but you have to know that the Pharaoh has something that is embedded in his heart that he's not going to let go of, and God knows this. He sends the miracles, and every time a miracle is sent, God gives him an opportunity to believe in the one true God. But every single time... He turns back and says, I will not let them people go. He ain't God. I don't believe him. In other words, he's delusional about his own power and doesn't recognize that there's a God in heaven that old God controls all. God asked the Pharaoh over and over again, but his heart is not going to do right. Amen. He hardened the Pharaoh's heart. He hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. And the Lord hardened his heart. The Pharaoh's kid, the king of Egypt, pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. Listen to me this morning, folks. I know you may say, well, Brother Adam, why are you preaching something like this? Amen. We're right here on the rapture of the church. And our brother was preaching last night about that wagon that we didn't get. Amen. And everybody's looking at us because it seems like the other church over there has got everything going on. They've got all of the things that we don't have. But listen, this is one thing that they don't have. They're here and they love here. I don't love here. I want to get out of here. And you know what today, folks? Our God is going to raise us up out of here with a high hand. They may not like us, but they're delusional to the facts of what this thing is all about. It ain't about staying here. It's about getting out of here. With a high hand. But delusion. Delusion. Always grips. Shall folks. We're, we're governed by how good it makes us feel about ourselves, right? And you know, I really love Numbers 22. We, we talked about this a little, a little bit last night. You had no idea I'd be here this morning, but we was talking about Balaam, you know? I mean, Balaam, he's God's prophet. And Balak, who is the Moabite king, he's the Moabite ruler. He's seen what God did to Amalekites or Amorites. And he said, I'll tell you what, let's send an entourage down there to Balaam and let's get him to prophesy against God's people because we sure don't want none of that. Amen. We, we want him to take care of them, right? Yeah. 
So they send that uh, embassy there, at, uh, those ambassadors, and they talk to Mr. Balaam, and he said, well, I can't tell you anything but what God would have me to tell you. So I'm going to talk to God. He talks to God. He comes back and says, I can't go with you because this is God's folks. You still with me? Yeah. Amen. And so he goes. They leave. They go back to Balak, and he says to them, he said, Balaam won't come with us. He said, God said that he couldn't come. He said, I'll tell you what. Let's build up a bigger and more powerful and more, you know, prestigious entourage. Amen. Let's get some, the best folks that we've got down here. And let's get them to go down there and talk to him. Amen. They had one of them wagons, brother. That thing was filled up. Oh, yeah. Amen. And so here they come. And Balaam looks at that wagon and he sees all of that stuff. And he looks who's driving that wagon. And he says, man, they must think a lot of me. Because they done sent a bigger and better, more stuff. And they've sent the grand poobah down here to talk to me. Right? Amen. And he got a hold of him. Amen. The Bible says that when they came to him that he, he, he you know, he couldn't just turn around and say, this is what he should have said. He looked, man, I've already talked to you one time. Get yourself out of here because I am not doing anything with you folks. But his delusional state got a hold of him. Amen. He began to see that stuff and it began to get in his mind and he began to think how wonderful he could be if he could just get that. Amen. Second Peter 2 and 16 talks about the madness of the prophet. You know what madness means there? It means the insanity of the prophet. I want to ask you something this morning. Do you think that we're in an insane church world that somehow believes that money governs God? I can tell you one thing, folks. Our God has all that is ever needed. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And he don't need nothing that I've got to only me to give him myself. In the yes, I'll do what you want me to do, God. Amen. And so he says, let me go talk to God again. <laughs> let me go ask for So he gets over there and God says, go on with him. Go on with him. Right? You know what the Lord's doing? The Lord sees something in that prophet's heart. That's got to be dealt with. And it's. Help me stay where I'm at. Don't lose my man. But Brother Lamar. I don't know about you. But I've been trying to tell somebody something. At times. They ask me something. I'm telling them. What I feel like God's giving me to tell them. And they just looking past me. Because they already got their mind made up. They don't already know what they're going to do. And that's what Balaam, God knows. Balaam's trying to make God's mind up. And so he says, all right, go on. Go on. The Bible says he was angry because he went. Right? And so he gets on his little donkey. And he starts riding to Moab. 
And God sends an angel with his sword drawn. And the little donkey runs out into the field. Right? Out of the way. And old Mr. Balaam, you know, he's tapping him. Get back on the right track. Get in the way that I'm trying to go. God's trying to, you know, let the, the donkey not let him be killed. He gets back on the trail, and there's a vineyard there. The Bible says that the little donkey run over to the side of the vineyard up against the wall and crushed old Balaam's foot. <laughs> and Balaam got a little madder. And he got to tapping on that little donkey a little harder. Right? And so he's back in the way. But there's a narrow pass that there ain't nowhere that he can go other than just down on his knees to stop the insanity, the delusion, the madness. Amen. And whenever that donkey falls down, man, he gets off of that donkey and he begins to whip him with his, to with his, with his rod. And then here's the biggest thing that you know that this dude is insane. I mean, he is mad. He's delusional. He is off of his rock. Right? That donkey started talking. Sister Megan, if I was riding a donkey and that donkey fell down and he turned around and started talking to me, I think I'd pay some attention. <laughs> but he didn't. He was, he was mad, insane, delusional. Right? What do you think we got going on in this modern day church world that we're living in? Amen. That donkey started talking to him. Amen. He starts talking back to the donkey, right? Instead of saying, I ain't never heard no donkey talk before. <laughs> and you're speaking to me things that I need to hear, but I'm just not hearing them. And finally, God allows the veil to be dropped and there's the angel standing there with his sword drawn about to kill him. Then he repents. Amen. Second Peter tells us God exposing the madness of the prophet. And he says, the dumb ass to speak. Amen. You still with me here? Amen. We, we're in a time, folks, where it's in my examination of things that the gospel has been propagated to something that God never meant for it to be. Isaiah tells us, and amen, when we look at the things, God often places people in circumstances and to develop their own nature, what they are. And amen. I thank God that he's kept me through the years. And this ain't the popular place to be, brothers and sisters. And, but I can tell you this. And I got saved in this. And I got filled with the Holy Ghost in this. And, and I have been kept by this. And, and I don't care what the devil says. And I don't care how he comes and propagating the lie and, to tell me there's a different path and, to take. And, I've seen a multitude of them and, to get up on a donkey and, and start riding to a ministry that they have no business being in. And, stay the course. And, amen. Stay where you ought to be at. And, oh God, you've talked to the mad prophet. He should have never went. 
God places people in places so he can tell what they are. Amen. He says, I form the light. I create darkness. I make peace and I create evil. I, the Lord, do all things. If people don't have no love for the truth, amen, and no desire to be saved, it is not improper that they should be allowed to manifest this. As I was studying this last night, and before that, I was thinking about, you know, we want everybody to be saved, right? Isn't that right? That's what Jesus said. He said, whosoever will. And he said, I didn't come here, you know, if a man's saved, and I'm not here for the lost. I'm here, or I'm not here for the saved. I'm here for the lost. And, and he's here for every soul to be saved. Amen. But do you know there's a right way to be saved? It's not just going any old place. When your grandpa was praying for you, how did he pray? He said, save Eddie, but don't let him get saved in any old church. Is that, is that, am I speaking that right? It's important. I believe that there's people that are genuine get touched in places and God does a work in their life, but their surroundings and who's teaching them, and who's preaching to them, cause them to become what they shouldn't become. Amen. They become a compromised state. Getting saved in the right church, amen, is not just me standing up here and having some kind of way you should look. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something that comes into your soul, amen, that cannot turn you around to the things that we see now propagated by the church. Before I got up here, I told Brother Lamar, I said years ago, is a lot different, brother. Amen, we could go to a CA rally and every church in the sections could come and you didn't have to have no fear that no junk was going to be propagated from the pulpit, from the singing or anything else. But it ain't that way today brother. And I'm here to tell you we've got to hold the truth high. Our young folks are all that we've got to carry this on. And so so delusion sets in. Amen. Yeah I know you got saved way back under like that but this, this is a different time brother. Well, I read my truthful Bible. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Malachi says, I'm God. I change not. Amen. So I don't care what your culture is. It doesn't matter about all that. God is not interested in culture. God is worried about you and his truth that he changes not. Amen. I can go anywhere in this earth. Amen. And if Jesus goes with me by the anointing, he can break every yoke. It doesn't matter what language they speak. It doesn't matter what their culture is. Jesus is the Christ for all cultures. The message I preach here this morning in Bible way ought to be able to be preached anywhere and change anybody their life is a life of Christ 
smarter than God. Right? But though, amen, these things are all around us. And we lead people that have no love of truth to their own desires. It is improper that we should be in a place to allow them not to go on where they need to go. Let me see if I can explain this a little bit. This is a church, right? So why don't we need to make it a go-go club to get people to come in here and tell them that they're saved? It always needs to be a church, right? And if they don't want to come to a church where you can truly get saved, it's better for them to be left out there than to bring them in here and tell them they're right when they're not right. Amen? My dad... Man, I love my dad. He's getting old, and and I have my mom and my dad. Dad is 86, and mom is 80. And uh, Sunday nights, we'll have testimonies. My daddy's first one jumps up every time almost. It doesn't matter, brother, they got to say, how about we have somebody testify that hadn't testified? <laughs> uh-uh. Alan? He doesn't call me brother Alan. He calls me Alan. That's all right, because he's my daddy. Alan, I just want to say I'm so glad that God saved me. I'm so glad that I am on God's side. I'm so glad, amen, that I was such a terrible person. Amen. Your mama put up with me for these times, but thank God that the Lord saved me. Amen. And I just want to tell everybody I'm looking for His coming and I'm ready. If He should take me out, I'm ready. Amen. You know what, folks? That happened 40 plus years ago and it's still the same burning testimony that every man ought to have. You know why? He used to sit on the bar stool. He used to do this two-step. But thank God the Lord saved him out of that and brought him to a church. My mother the same way. She said, son, I used to love to go dancing, but God saved us. I believe in dancing in the Holy Ghost. But we don't need to have no two steps going on out here in the fellowship hall. That's extreme. I know it is. But I see my folks get delivered out of that. Why would they want to go to church and have pick up the same habit, same junk? Amen. That's not what God's house is about. God's house is about a change, mister. That's all it's ever been about. Amen. Uh, I know this is camp meeting and all of you live right. Uh, amen. But I know the pressure is out there to pull you over there to something you don't need to be a part of. Amen. Uh, we need to stay what we are. Uh, we don't need to have Balaam. Uh, amen. Enter into our ranks. God talked to us uh, a long time ago uh, about the path we needed to take uh, and travel that path. Uh, don't pray another prayer. Uh, just stay with the same prayer. Uh, God's already talked to you. God ain't going to change his mind. And God is going to always keep you, strengthen you, and keep you all the way through. It's so sad, brother, what we have to deal with. In a delusional state. Mad. 
the madness of the prophet. Amen. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe. Because Isaiah said again, he had blinded their eyes and he has hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and that I should heal them. Do we believe somehow that we are some kind of an exception? Amen. Or... We the ones that will escape if we believe something we ain't supposed to believe and put something in our, you know, way of living that shouldn't be there. Amen? No is the answer. No. If you got a good Bible preaching preacher and a good Bible Sunday school teacher and you got good things like that going on, you should immerse yourself in that. Do you know most churches have stopped Sunday school? You know why they did that? Because they said people wouldn't come. So what? I sure wouldn't want to stand before God. Amen. And there was one person that needed to come to my Sunday school class, and I shut it down because there was just one. My old pastor from years ago, he's the only one that gave me any insight about preaching. Because I don't come from a preaching family. I got a, cousin, a couple of cousins that preach. Amen. One of them's gone on. I really loved him a lot. And that was Rocky. He's my first cousin. And Mike's my first cousin, Carly. Amen. And, you know, so I had some, some people in our family that preached, but I didn't, my, my dad was, nobody in that was going to be no preacher. But my old pastor said, I got some advice for you. Amen. Things that you need to do. And he said, so, so he sat down and talked to me. And he said, one thing you need to learn, son. He said, everything that you do, is not all about what you see in the ways of people. He said, I'm going to give you a Sunday school class, and it may be just your wife and your kids in there. He said, but teach that Sunday school class. And you know what, Brother Eddie? That's what I did. It was just us in that Sunday school class to start with. And before long, there was more come, more come, and more come. But if it had only been one, Brother Lamar, I heard him say, amen, that no matter who's there, you do what you're supposed to do. My pastor asked me to do that. I fell under subjection to him because I trusted him and what he believed in, what he taught, and what he preached. And because he told me to do it, that's exactly what I did. And as I've lived this life, he said, son one other thing that you need to make sure of you need to make your mind up that you're on the side of the Lord and purpose your heart that no matter what happens you're going to travel with the Lord and I'm here to tell you today folks it has made a difference because the devil always is going to come in and try to tell you to quit but if you've got your mind made up and God is on your side there is no failure in you And so, you make your mind up. 
You do what you need to do. But we, we have Sunday school. And Sunday school, whether you believe it or not, is discipleship. And when you don't go to Sunday school, you have decided you don't need no discipling. And guess what? You're delusional. I may not be preaching good to somebody, but I'm preaching good, amen, to maybe somebody that's looking out there. I don't know. See, I don't know whether you go to Sunday school or not. But if you don't, you better be here next Sunday. <laughs> you the teacher, ain't you? All right. We don't, we don't need no discipleship. Brother, the Sunday night service was the camp meeting service. Right? That's what we defined it, man. When we first got saved, I couldn't. You know, I like Sunday morning, but I really like Sunday night. As a kid, coming up, I mean, I was just 15 whenever we really got in church. And some man, they'd call the choir up there. Choir come strolling up there. The piano player would be playing. Amen. They'd get up there and they'd kick that first song off. Man, it was like they was just shock waves went out through that congregation. All of a sudden, somebody would be singing back here to up here. And there was a lady up there in the choir. She started feeling something. All of a sudden, she tore the whole platform up. Amen. And when she tore the platform up, that meant everybody else had to tear the platform up, get down here, uh, get to shouting. And if you was out here, uh, you had to participate in that, brother. There ain't no better service uh, than to get into something like that. Uh, and I know this more than a shout, uh, but why would you call uh, the camp meeting service off? Uh, you heard the preaching Sunday morning. Uh, that's going to get you to the place uh, where you can have camp meeting on Sunday night. Uh, I'm here to tell you, folks, we need that. Uh, we need the power of God. We need the camp meeting service. We need everything we can get. It's delusional to think otherwise. It don't cost that much money to turn the lights on, brother. Turn them on. If you don't come, you're the one that's missing out. And if I don't, if I turn the lights off, I'm sure enough missing out. Because God's not pleased with me doing that. Amen. Believe in the lie. Is there any doubt that men believe lies rather than truth? Amen. When we look at the scripture, we know that this has always been a problem. This is not new. This has always been here from the, from the, from the book of beginnings. Right? It's been here. The Bible says that God said, of every tree in the garden you can partake of, but of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of that. Right? Then the devil comes down to the garden. And he says to Eve, Hath God said? Yeah. And she knows God said yeah. that you can't eat of that tree. 
But then they added, you can't touch it. Right? God didn't say not touch it, but they added that. The devil got that all propagated in there. And he said, you know, God knows whenever you eat of this, you're going to be like a God. Yeah. I know we online, but I don't care. <laughs> if you like Benny Hinn, go get saved. Because he's a little God and a propagator of little gods. And you ain't no God. Amen. There's only one God. Amen. And we need to keep that in the right perspective all the way through. That false teaching of being a little God has got a whole lot of people messed up. Amen. But I'm here to tell you today, folks, once again, I'm not looking to stay here. I may not have what everybody else has got, but I've got the Savior, and that's all I need. Amen. And if you've got Him, the Bible tells us that there's a mansion waiting on us. And I'm not so much worried about no mansion, Brother Eddie. I just want to get to where Jesus is at because He's the one that saved me and brought me out. And He's the one that I love. And you know what? He loved me first. And so I just need to reciprocate the love that he's passed on to me by giving himself that I may have life and that I might have it more abundantly. So if you don't have nothing in this earth, it don't matter about material stuff. If you've got the Savior, you've got all you need, brother, because it's all that's going to count. Send me your twenty dollars, and I'll send you the spring water. Yeah, miracle spring water, or I'll send you this kerchief that'll, you know, push off every devil if you just send your money. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm not that dumb. You know, God gives us some sense, right? And if he said, the Bible says, if man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Right? <laughs> I know y'all listening to me. <laughs> so, I just can't put my, you know, you know I don't have a, I don't, I mean, I've, I've been a little bit of college, a couple of years. I don't have a bachelor's degree, and I surely don't have a doctorate or a PhD or nothing like that. But I do have some common sense. Right. Right. Sister Stephanie, Brother Bobby, I do have a little bit of that. Amen. And I, I don't like throwing my money away. And I sure ain't going to send it overseas for no spring water. Not whenever I can get my brother to come over here and put his hand on my back and say, take that pain away. And I can get up this morning and I ain't got none. Hallelujah. <laughs> I can tell you one thing, folks. God can do what we need right here. Right here he can do it. I don't have to travel across the globe to get a touch from God. All I've got to do is get myself in the place where God's at. And me and God can make it all right. And when God touches your life, I promise you, folks, you'll never be the same. You won't worry about whether or not you can get a freebie. All you've got to do is touch heaven. Amen. Believe it or not. 
is what Satan propagates from the beginning. The Bible says that there's a count of a lying spirit that has been pushed out. Amen. It's about Ahab and Jehoshaphat. Right? And uh, Ahab's a devil. All right? And Jehoshaphat is what I'd call a teeter. He's a teeter top. He's one way, and then he's another way. Y'all know folks like that? Just whatever fits the situation, that's what they are. Right? So he goes, and he's going to help Ahab in the fight. And there's a bunch of prophets that Ahab's hired to tell him what he wants to hear. Now, if you're a boss, you, you really do like yes men. If you're a good boss, you don't want everybody to be a yes man. You would rather have somebody to have an objective, you know, opinion that make you think a little different. Maybe, maybe your way's right, but maybe you need to consider something else. So at least Jehoshaphat has enough sense that when he hears 400 men that's on Ahab's side, that maybe we just need to inquire of somebody that really knows God. Right? right? Yeah. And Micaiah is that guy. And Ahab says, we can go get him, but I hate him. Yeah. I hate that guy. <laughs> I can't stand him, man. He don't ever tell me anything good. Right? And if you ain't living right, you need that guy. Because I can promise you one thing, folks. Going to hell is a whole lot worse than getting somebody on this side to tell you what you ought to hear, even though you don't like it. Amen. And somehow or another, you objectively accept that and get your life right. But if you got 400 of them smoke blowers out there, and you got them prophesying about how rich you're going to be if you give a dollar or two to this ministry and all of this junk that they're propagating out there, but you got one guy that'll tell you the truth. Jehoshaphat shouldn't have never been there, but he was there. He said, go get us somebody. So they get Micah out there, or Micaiah, and he, you know, he's going he's to tell what needs to be told. But he's a, He's kind of like what I'm doing here this morning. I'm being a little sarcastic here today, and he's kind of sarcastic too whenever he's talking to that one prophet about, you know, you need to stay. And we're all on this pace, and you need to be the same way. All right, I'll go ahead and say what y'all want me to say. Amen. Being, being flippant and sarcastic. But Ahab's got enough sense to know he's being that way. He said, I, I need you to go ahead and tell us. What we need to hear, he said, basically, if you come back here, I'm a false prophet. You ain't coming back. Yourself is going to die, amen, in this battle. And if I'm a right prophet, you ain't coming back, amen, you're going to die. Scripture tells us that Ahab put on a feigned garment instead of his kingly robes. Jehoshaphat wore his kingly robes. Man, that's a real good friend, ain't it, Brother Lamar? Amen. You put on your king's robe, but I'm going to take mine off. Yeah. And if anybody's going to get killed, it's going to be you, not me. Yeah. Right. 
Right? He's a good friend, right? He's a good preacher friend. But you know what happened, folks? God always has a heat-seeking arrow. Right? They run after Jehoshaphat. They get up there because the order is just do duty with the king of Israel. But this is the king of Judah. Amen. They recognize this. They peel off. And there is a shot from a bow that is a peradventure shot. But God's got a number on it. And you know what, folks? It finds a crease in the armor and it kills Ahab. Delusional. These folks are delusional that are pushing a false gospel. And God's going to have his day with them. Amen. You see, all of these things that we're looking at are things that have been going on all throughout the word of God. Amen. God allowed Ahab to follow himself headlong into his own desires. And the same can be said from all mankind that has a desire, amen, to not be brought under the control of God. It's all about submission and obedience, whether you believe it or not. Amen. If a, if a, if a man or a woman can't be submissive nor obey, then they cannot be useful for God's kingdom. Amen. And it's always been like this. We have the same issue in this day that we're living in, man has not stopped and he will not stop until God puts the devil in the lake of fire. Amen. We hear as Ahab says, uh, amen, his, it is one of his prophets, uh, but he, he doesn't like to hear this man. Uh, amen. Micah, he hates because he tells him the truth. Uh, amen. That's the delusion of the hour. People just search out uh, men that'll tell them what they want to hear. David Wilkerson calls it this, the gospel of accommodation. You just come to our church and we won't preach against this or about this or this or this or this. Just come to our church. Amen. I believe it was Brother Corey we was talking last night. You know, something when you tell preachers something how it comes back. <laughs> but we was talking last night and he was telling me about this Church that said, Hey, we won't have church on Sunday, so you can meet tea time. We're going to have it on Thursday. What, what kind of gospel is that? It's a gospel of accommodation, yeah. is what it is. Amen. I know that you can argue that Sunday is not the Sabbath, but it's been like that in America as long as I can read history about it. It's the Lord's Day. Amen. The times that I was brought up in, Brother Bobby, my grandmother didn't do nothing on Sunday. Zero. Everything was prepared on Saturday. All the clothes, all the food, everything. Oh, my. We done got here now. I wonder what we do on Sundays. That's why we don't have camp meeting service on Sunday. Because we got tea times to meet. Or football games to watch. Right? Ain't supposed to be like this on camp meeting, is it, brother? 
Amen. I'm going to make one more point, and then I'm going to, I'm going to stop all this. But it's, I think it's a good, a good point about what we're trying to preach here this morning, about what we're dealing with. We, we've got some truth around us that we need to hold on to yeah, yeah. and that we need to make sure that we hold it up. Right. Amen. And so God's going to have somebody that needs to do what they need to do. And so if you go back in 1 Kings, I believe it's 13, you'll find where Jeroboam has set up altar worship and idol worship that is not what God has propagated. So God says, I got me a prophet, and I'm going to send that prophet, and he's going to prophesy against that altar, right? And he prophesies against that altar, and the, the altar's going to be broken down, the ashes are going to fall out and Jeroboam's going to reach his hand out to try and take the prophet. And the Bible says his hand withdrew or it withered. And he asked the prophet, he said, prophet, pray for me that my hand be restored. And, you know, his hand was restored. And he said, come on back and eat with me in my house. And the prophet said, I can't do that because God said I couldn't do that. And he said, you, when you come there, you get in there, you do your duty and you leave another way. And that's exactly what he did. Amen. But you know what, folks? What happens to us, Brother Eddie? We're doing the right things. We're doing what we need to do. We're all about God's business, but somewhere along the line we get tired. I've been tired. I've been weary. And I felt like sitting down under an oak tree was a good thing to do. But when you sit down, you leave yourself in a position to be overtaken. And there was an old prophet that heard about what the young man had done, and he said, saddle me my donkey. Let me go that way. And he found him. He found him. He's sitting down there, and he says, come on back to my house. He said, so we can sit down and we can eat. Right? But the Bible says that whenever he asked all of this and told him, he said, I can't do that, that that old prophet said, the Lord spoke to me and said, it'd be all right for you to come on back to my house. But the Bible says, he lied. He lied. That's what the scripture says. It says he lied. He lied. You've got to know what you're looking at in this word of God. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. You've got to know what you're looking at in this word of God. It doesn't matter who it's coming from. If he's been in church 50 years and he's changed the way that he's supposed to live, you need to turn yourself around and get yourself away from there because he lied. He lied. So he goes back and he eats and God's angry with him, Brother Lamar. And when he saddles up the donkey to leave, the Bible says a lion met him in the way and killed him. Right? Have you ever looked at that? Now, the prophet has been killed. He's laying there. His body's nothing, nothing's done with it. The lion's standing there and the lion's looking at the body and there's a donkey standing there, and ain't nothing happened to any of them. This is the lion standing there, the body sitting there, and the donkey sitting there. Amen. As long as that prophet is riding that donkey, that donkey knows exactly where that donkey's got to go. Amen. Because a donkey has to be led. And I'm not saying that people are this, but the bottom line is this. The prophet is the church. The lion is the devil. And there's people out there that have to be led. But if the prophet's dead, if the church is dead, there ain't nobody.
somebody to lead them. And they become delusional and the devil don't do nothing because all he's got to do is intimidate and stand there and look at them. But I'm here to tell you this morning, folks, that God is able to give us the right path. Stand with me. I'm a quit. Brother Bobby and Sister Stephanie, if you come. Amen. The opportunity is here. It is a chance to break the delusion and hold on to the truth. Amen. We ain't shouting here this morning, and I know you got a good church. Real good, because you got a great pastor. And you got a great evangelist at night that's just going to preach like he did last night. And then you got me, who's come by here this morning to try to make us understand where we are and what we got to hold on to and what we've got to be. Amen. I had a gentleman who's gone now to be with the Lord. He'd been an Assembly of God preacher ordained for over 60 years. And uh, he told me one time, Brother Lamar, he said, uh, I used to preach like you did, son, but I learned better. That's what he told me. I wasn't disrespectful to him. I just looked at him and I said, you know, I just shook my head. I didn't really know what to say, but I didn't say anything that would be disrespectful. So I went and got my altar. And I said, Lord, if I'm doing this wrong, I want you to let me know. Because yes. I don't want no old prophet telling me how I need to conduct myself Come on. and listen to no lie. Amen. I'd rather go out like this, hearing from him, than I had to be the most prominent that there is in the AG or the Church of God or whatever you want to call yourself. Because it ain't about that, brother. It's about pleasing God. Amen. I wrote down in my Bible when we was at the School of Christ, Brother Eddie, it was on that Thursday night. You remember that Thursday night whenever the Holy Ghost moved in there? And I mean, we had a time. People were shouting all over the place, but not me. I was standing there on the second row from the front. And I was standing there and I had my hands up and I said, Lord, I've been here this whole time. And you've touched me, you've blessed me, but I've been looking for you to just say something to me. Amen. And you know, I'm not a goofball, folks. God don't talk to me all the time, but there's been occasions where he has made himself, amen, available to I knew it was him that was, uh, that was there. And he said to me, son, I'm not looking for you, amen, to find yourself successful in the realm of what men would have you to be. But I just want you to live your life as so that I can approve you. So I wrote down in my Bible, I said, I'm not looking for success. I'm just looking to be approved. I still got it there, brother. Amen. I'm not looking for anybody to tell me anything other than what God would say to me in the end. Approved. Approved. Amen. And I think that that's what we all should seek for is that God would approve us yeah, 
Raise your hands in the house here this morning. I thank you today, God, for your goodness.